Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and in the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hello, everybody. It's a beautiful day to talk about theater, don't you think? It's me, your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron. Now, if you're a regular listener on the show, you know that I love Broadway. I talk about all the ins and outs and angles that make the Broadway community tick. In fact, I talk about Broadway so much, it is undoubtedly the most typed word on my computer and follows me in my career as the host of Broadway Sessions, Broadway Buskers, Broadway Con, the Broadway cast, Broadway, 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 all day Broadway. But I think it's important to respect that theater, particularly here in New York City, doesn't begin and end around the B word. There is incredible art being made in every nook and cranny of this town. Anyone in the biz will tell you some of the most exciting theater is happening off-Broadway. With many more off-Broadway theater spaces than Broadway spaces, and with less commercial pressure attached, new writers give voice to challenging, hilarious, and impactful work and music. Many Broadway shows actually begin their journeys off-Broadway, and now there's even a trend where Broadway productions transfer off-Broadway after the curtain comes down on the Broadway runs. For example, Avenue Q, Jersey Boys, uh, even coming up, Kinky Boots. So today, we're dedicating this episode to off-Broadway, and our panel here reflects the best of the off-Broadway scene. From Little Shop of Horrors, the voice of Audrey 2, Aaron Harrington is here. Returning to the kinkiest of boots after several international runs and even a Broadway stiletto stomping in kinky boots, we've got Callum Francis, and from the off, uh, that's from the off-Broadway revival of kinky boots, and writer, comedian, and Broadway vet from Sister Act and Cinderella, off-Broadway Celine Dion in Titanic, and I'm fairly certain she wrote the show just for my gay brain, it's Marla Mindell. Oh, it's so good. What do you say? Let's go on with the show. It really is perfect music for a warm-up. You can get your shoulders going, maybe do some rib cage isolations. Hello, my beloved Broadway family. It's me, your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron. And, of course, you're listening to The Broadway Cast. I'm very excited about today's episode because these people are fun. They're fun people, and that's who I like talking to today. Um, and we're all warmed up. We did our shoulder isolations and some degages and some demi-plies because ain't nobody got time to do a grand. 
not in this economy. Um, but today we are we're putting the spotlight on some shows that are happening off Broadway, um, and I want to we're going to talk a lot about what kind of off Broadway is able to present and do maybe that the Broadway stage is not able to do, and uh, and kind of what some of the differences and and unique uh, factors go into being a Broadway show. So we've just we've got experts here to talk to us about it. Uh, I'll start off by introducing our first. Lovely lady, we know her from Broadway Sister Act and Cinderella, but right now she's being cherished the world over as Celine Dion in Titanic, which is playing at the Asylum in NYC. Uh, it's Marla Mandel. Thank you so much. What an intro. Wow, what from quirky ingenue to quirky ingenue, Celine Dion. I, the quirkiest, <laughs> the quirkiest of ingenues. It's it's wild, isn't it, Marla? You do such an incredible impression of Celine, Celine Dion, and and as a a long time card carrying Celine gay myself, I know all of the weird affectations that she does, and you master it so well. But they are so weird for somebody to who's a giant pop star. I Don't know. You, you know what? I'm also a Celine gay, and so when when my friend Constantine Rusili was like, "We should do the show, and you'll be her," I was like, "Okay, how on earth am I gonna do that?" And I started watching all of her mannerisms and all of her hands, and I was like, "If you just throw your hand around and you put a smirk on and you look like you're in disbelief about absolutely everything, <laughs> you pretty much have her down." <laughs> do you know what? It's true. I've seen her in concert. She cannot believe this is all happening in her lifetime at any <laughs> given moment. I say that she descended from her own beautiful French-Canadian planet, and she's just here on this earth to bestow her quirkiness. Yeah, it, it feels that way. Well, you're, you're so hilarious. I'm gonna gush about the show later on, but uh, also you. joining us from the Off-Broadway revival of Kinky Boots, we've got Callum Francis Woo! here with us. Hi, how are you? Callum. Uh, nobody can see you right now because we're a, we're a podcast, but I want the world to know that you're wearing a fabulous hat. I am, um, because and I haven't had a haircut since I arrived, and it's, it's to hide my shame. It's to hide your shame? I, well, it's a very good hat, so if there's shame under it, well worth it. Um, happy to have you with us here. Thank and you also, me. he is the voice of Audrey, too, in the off Smash Off-Broadway revival of Little Shop of Horrors, my pal Aaron Harrington is here with us. Hi, Aaron. Yeah, uh, hey, you know, on my official notes here, it says Aaron Arnell Harrington. Would you like me for the rest of this recording to refer to you as such? It can be whatever. I mean, it's just my middle name that someone decided that they wanted to throw on to me. So uh, it's either Aaron Arnell Harrington or Aaron Harrington, or you can call me anything let's, else. It's fine. Let's see what comes out organically. Now, I want to ask you all, because we gather together here, and a lot of us, uh, because of our schedules, don't get to run into each other very often. But it is a world full of workshops and concerts, et cetera. Have any of your paths crossed before? Or is this a first meeting for the Marla Callum Aaron trifecta? Yes. First meeting all around. But we've planned a threesome later. So, yes, I am, yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. if you have already planned it, I was, I was yeah. going to send you all an evite. <laughs> Um, oh, for just oh, such a thing. Oh, wow. That's so awkward. please, uh, please RSVP, otherwise I won't know how many snacks to bring. All right, so <laughs> we, we like, how many snacks do you bring if you don't know how many people are coming? Uh, we like to play games here on the Broadway cast, and because we're talking about and saluting off-Broadway today, uh, we're doing an off-Broadway trivia game. What, what I've done is I've found a bunch of shows that transferred from off-Broadway theaters to Broadway theaters. 
um, I am going to list songs from these musicals that made that transfer. And oh, the God. first one of you to jump in there, to pounce like a tiger and answer wins the point. There are extra points if you'd like to belt out anything from said show. Here we go. Oh, we God. begin. Are you, and don't be polite to each <laughs> Who's other. Who's got a trivia? That. Show of hands. No, it's none of us. No, no, no. None of us. I want you to know okay. that no one's hands are raised. Okay, yes. But, <laughs> but the hat is still fierce. Not all right, here we go. It's not going to be so bad. All right, you will be found. Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. <sighs> there you Why go. Why so like, this, this is what we did. got discuss. it. Like, you got it. But the buzzard situation doesn't work with this. <laughs> You, you just got to come out swinging, which is what Aaron did. All right. Now that now that we feel a little more comfortable. Wait, that started off Broadway? I'm shocked. Jeremy Hansen, absolutely. Action. Yeah. Oh, twist. Second, second, wow. Second stage. Yeah. You learned something new. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we're all going to learn a few things here. I, I learned a couple things okay. in researching this. All right. Next, next show. Flowers. Road to Hell. Oh, God. Hey, little songbird. Uh, Hadestown. That's right, Aaron Harrington. Oh. It is Hadestown. What the fuck? Um, I Good mean, the one. thing is happening. Sorry. You know what? Good You're one. all <laughs> adult professionals. You can say whatever you want. Great. Wait a minute. I'm excited that, that this that is That started off Broadway as well. I'm learning. This is not Absolutely. This is like just research. It sure did. And you can actually, there is a cast recording of the Off-Broadway Company as well. If you want to dig oh, into your Spotify when you go on to subscribe to our show. Um, wow. Next up, oh, this one's hard. So if you don't get it okay. on the first clue, I might just jump ship. Omar oh. Sharif. Oh, I don't know. Strange Loop. Mm. Did you say no. band's visit? It is the band's visit. That's right. What? Aaron. Wait. You know what? about last night. Really yeah. got my brain going today. And I don't <laughs> I think we're doing I, really well. I'm really impressed. I'm so impressed by you. We are learning I'm just how nerdy you are. All at the same time. <laughs> we'll talk As about you it threesome be. later. But I'm, I'm, wow. Oh, my God. You could work out the, the fury later on. All right. <laughs> Next up. I love play rehearsal. Oh, God. Two-player game. Oh, uh, be more chill. That's right. Marla Mandel is on the board. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. And Do she I just get got extra, extra points? Point. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> I do love that song. All right. Now this is gonna this is gonna warp your sweet little brains the way I've done this one. Okay. Kansas City. Many a new day. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. The recent what? revival. The Twist. recent revival started off Broadway. Sure. Okay. Okay. And okay. that's yes, how yes, that's yes. how we got there. So it's a little bit of a trick question. This one should be very easy for everyone. We'll see. Satis <laughs> satisfied. You've got this, Callum. Hamilton. Hamilton. That's right. Callum's on the board. Yes. And truly, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, fine. Marla's got extra points. Do you want to sing something from the show, Callum? You'll never be satisfied. Oh, uh, sorry, Callum, you say, go. Um, a toast to the groom. Yes. The groom. To the groom. To the groom. And I'm going back. You right. can't see me, but I'm moving backwards. Yeah. You are. Is it Do because you're excited? Oh, because you're no, doing that, the show. That number's. It's the British humor. It's amazing that number. All right, Santa Fe. Newsies. Oh shit. Rent. <laughs> Rent started off Broadway. Wait, isn't Newsies there a song? In my house, 
I'll be your shelter. Well, now okay, we know how you got your job. Am I crazy, though? But is there a song? Okay, go. you go, Callum. You go, Callum. I, I had a stalk of you, Aaron, because I played Collins in Australia, and I had a stalk of some of your videos. videos. Sure. <laughs> I like that. I heard a stalk Marla. I stalked you. I mean, what was I supposed to do? I can't help it. So, you know, I watched. I watched. But what's a, what's a little stalking among know. friends? All right. Exactly. This is. Yeah. We just have a couple more. All right. This one's crazy. It's gonna blow your mind. Finishing the hat. Sunday in the park with George. I would do. That's right. Okay. This is the Twist. one that scrambled my brain like eggs. 1983, Sunday in the Park with George played off-Broadway at Playwrights Horizons for only 25 performances, and it what? was only the first act. And it Honestly, was Manny Patinkin, and it yeah. was Bernadette Peters. Wow. Um, do you think, were you about to say, honestly, sure. it should only be the first act? Yes, I was actually going to say that. You read my mind. It should only be the first act. Hot take, hot take. Hot take. We have opinions. Wow. We have isms. Um, okay. Also, fun fact, in that off-Broadway production, Kelsey Grammer, Christine Baranski, oh my God, uh, were also in it and did not make their transfer to Broadway with them. Do you that, think they got fired? Absolutely. <laughs> Have you met them? Um, they're oh on God, the show next left. week. Okay, great. <laughs> I hope they don't listen also, to this. Also, fun fact: I've never seen the show, but hopefully someday I will. I took my, you know, I took my sisters to go see Sunday in the Park with George way back when it was at Studio Fifty Four. If anybody's old enough to remember that, yeah. and uh, they're fancy yes. like. Yeah, my my one sister was a lawyer. My other sister is a surgeon. I was like, they're cerebral. They're gonna love Sunday in the Park with George. Let's do that. They hated it. They hated every second. They, wow. they asked me why I didn't take them to Mama Mia. Um, so oh wow, Mama Mia. You, know, you have Mama Mia strokes. sisters. Um, right. I have Mama Mia sisters. Yeah, <laughs> you know the guy. Yeah, he knows. Mama who bore me. Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening. That's right. Ding, 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 ding. And that's how we play off-Broadway transfer trivia. You've all did so well. You have a couple extra points in there, but it's a dead heat tie. You're all stars. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought. Marla definitely won. I don't, I'm just saying. I, yeah, yeah I'm, but you had a really strong start, and I was like, oh, was he's going to hate this. Yeah, Callum, unfortunately, you were just present, but you looked so beautiful. I was so just beautiful. really, really thrilled to just take part. It's all so... about taking part. Do you know what it was? <laughs> all of your great ideas couldn't get out of that fabulous hat. Yeah. Uh, Finishing Callum's hat. hat. Oh, well done. Honestly, well, coming, coming to, to an off-Broadway theater, off-Broadway theater near you. <laughs> So, Absolutely. all right, for people who are listening who aren't, who maybe just don't know this, Off-Broadway, let's just kind of define what that is for people. Um, it's The term is based off of um, union contracts uh, primarily, but also based on seats and theaters in New York City that have theater spaces that have at least 100 and no more than 499 seats qualify as an Off-Broadway theater. Um, they have their own awards circuit, the Obie Awards, Drama Desk, the Lucille Lortel, Lortel Awards, uh, all in play. So it's a big deal. It's a big freaking deal. Um, and I know um, a couple of us here uh, have done Broadway shows as well in our, in our past. And I want to kind of ask, first and foremost, what, uh, what are kind of the intrinsic differences as an actor working in theater off-Broadway as opposed to Broadway? 
that maybe people don't know. Everyone, Marla smirked. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the biggest difference, the log line, the difference yeah. is absolutely zero money. <laughs> maybe in different shows, um, but yeah, that that's the most noticeable difference for me. I've never done off Broadway before, so this has been a wild ride. However, what I will say is, I am having the most fun of my life, and maybe you gentlemen feel the same way. That there's just something, the intimacy about it makes it so unique. Yeah. And the energy that you can feel off of people's bodies because they're so close. You can see everyone. That's the biggest difference for me is that I am truly having the, the time of my life, even though I'm so very broke. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I'm having a great time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think in your show in particular, in Titanic, Marla, it is... I, there's a lot of connection, that, particularly that you have with the audience, as you don't have a fourth wall to kind of play against. So I think that just that's just got to feed your soul like nothing else. It does. And, and unfortunately, I've had so much experience working at Ellen Stardust Diner and singing ice cream parlors that I just got really good at connecting with my quote unquote audience. And now it's like second nature. Nice, nice, nice. The difference being, yeah. they won't let you eat it. You can't eat a grilled cheese at, at Asylum NYC, which is too bad. No, you can't. You have to wear a mask, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Callum, so you're, you, you've, you've, you're coming back to a role that you have played all yeah. over the world. And to, and too many why, times. Why did you, Some too friend. many times? Well, um, we're not going to say no, that. Are good. you saying that? Absolutely. No, she's, she's good to me. She's been real good to me, Lola. God, I'm yeah. older, though, and it's, it's <laughs> the heels hurt. The, and they... And the heels are still that high. Um, what are you excited about for for this run? You're right there on well, 42nd Street. Well, I'm excited straight. listening to Marla, like, because I've done this show in many places. This is my fifth company, um, and I've never done it this intimate before. So it's literally, I'm sat in my dressing room. This is the first day of tech, so I've come in to do this, and then we're going to start. So I've not even seen the house yet. Um, oh, wow. So I'm, ex I'm excited to, to see. Look, this show is... I wouldn't have done it this many times if I didn't enjoy it. And annoyingly, I feel like New York and America needs that kind of joy again. So it's just going to be, it's just going to be pretty, pretty brilliant. I think. Yeah, I think absolutely. you're going to have the best time. Yeah. Callum, you're, uh, you're music director as well, didn't I, correct? Yes. Oh, I love Will. Yeah. I know him. That's our music director as well. So that's really oh, cool. Oh, really? I just finally made that connection to which production he was doing. So. Yeah. Great. So awesome. I, met, I met Will in 2016 when I did the West End uh, original cast of this. So like, that's the other thing. It's, it's different for me coming back to this because it's like just a family. We've known each other for like seven years now. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to awesome. be good. It's going to be real. And this cast is phenomenal. They're really good. Don't tell the other cast awesome. I've done it with, but they're really good. <laughs> no, they've, they've, you just told them. Um, and... <laughs> they're all listening, Callum. Callum, and forgive my ignorance on this. Is this is this meant to be a limited run? Is this are you is this an open ended situation? Uh, I don't really know whether I'm allowed to say. I think I think they plan oh. to have it open ended. I'm just going to say it, and if I get in trouble, fire me. No, please don't fire me. <laughs> um, I I believe it is. I believe it is. It's it's. I think it was supposed to have come back earlier, but there was this thing called a a global pandemic. Mm. Um, yeah, and not ringing the bell. Slowed things down. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I hope so. I truly hope so. I'm not certainly... not from here, hence this accent. So I've moved back over here to to do it, and we'll see how long we go. You have an yeah. accent. Yeah. Well, just a, just a little a little thing. 
it's got to be exciting to know that the people want this show again it had a really healthy run it's had a healthy run all over the world you've been a part of that but i think you're absolutely right i think the message of just be and uh raising you up i think it's we need that now more than ever so i'm sure it's gonna feel fresh i'm gonna be it's nice to revisit yeah i mean there's a few changes the world and when did it close it closed on broadway three years ago and like the world has changed gender identity has changed a lot in three years and the team here have have changed the show with it and it's always kind of been so accepting and so joyful but it just it's kind of just taken a step up so it's it's real nice can you tell us what as long as i don't say the old lines because well we're kind of there's certain things like, can you remember the, the line, ladies, gentlemen, and those who've yet to make up their minds? I do, yeah. That is now suddenly incredibly offensive because mm. people have made up their mm. minds and they're neither. So we're workshopping right. all different ideas on that and seeing how, how it sits and how comfortable people are with that. And what else has changed? Other things like really great. terms like transvestite and all these other things that were comedy lines in the show last time and now offensive to people. And this yeah. show is about everyone being who they want to be so we can't have them there anymore so harvey's kind of scribbling each each time we say something it doesn't get a reaction we we're just swapping and changing i think that's really brilliant i think that's marvelous um karen tell tell us about uh tell us about coming into little shop of horrors it doesn't get more iconic kind of than than audrey too and 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 this show which once again is so beloved by anybody who likes theater at all everyone loves Little Shop of Horrors. I think if I hadn't been obsessed with the Rick Moranis movie oh, as a kid, I would have never had a theater podcast for sure. And that that was my uh, beginning with the whole um, musical. I didn't even know it was you know a Broadway musical. I thought it was just this movie musical that just came out of nowhere. And um, yeah, that was my first experience with it. I'm very new to this industry in terms of uh, my my guest stars here. Um, but, you know, coming from Rent and there being a little bit of space in between jobs and officially moving to New York and auditioning and making it to here um, has been pretty pretty damn cool. I mean, I don't know what the difference would be, you know, uh, in terms of like a off-Broadway house versus a Broadway house. But I can say and, and agree with Marla, uh, Marla, what she was saying earlier is about the intimacy. Like, it's, it's really... Uh, it really makes the show that much more fun for us. I mean, it's, it's, you laugh and you giggle all show, you know, it's not a big think piece. It's something that, you know, we can just have fun with the audience every night. And I think the intimacy of the theater definitely helps. I'm just, I'm wondering, do you think the intimacy has allowed for audiences to behave in any sort of way that is, that is maybe more free or different than, than maybe in a, in a larger space? Well, yeah, I mean, we've got people like Christian Borle that's, that's on stage being just his best self and being so silly. And, you know, we invite the audience to just be to be just as silly as we are. So uh, I think it definitely <laughs> encourages the audience to have a good time. And if sometimes that comes out in, like, really loud laughing all show and we actually eat that stuff up. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely influences it. Yeah. I mean, listen, don't don't threaten us with laughter and applause, for God's sake. Yeah, um, I, mean, I need to see both. I need to, I haven't been able to because I was supposed to have arrived. We don't even get into the dramas of the embassy that made me 10 days late. But I had like 10 days to kind of 
come and see things and they were both on my list so i'm gonna have to oh i'm gonna have to i know constantine because i'm absolutely obsessed and in love with him well I, get in I'm, line i know, to being a I know but i'm he's my so roommate I'm, actually but we're like will and grace just poor oh, god i love it <laughs> <laughs> just the poorer version of will and grace but um you you have to yeah you definitely have to see it I know, I, but we're all on the same schedules. Like, that's the thing that's, that sucks. That's, the, that's the thing that sucks about being, I mean, I, I mean, champagne problems because we're all right. employed, but it's so right. hard to see theater. And then on your day off, you're like, oh my God, the last thing the I want to do. The last thing you want to do is see Cause, the theater. Yeah, because I'm old, as you mentioned as well, Callum, where we can both relate to being old and just having Age. to take Monday for the Lord's Day. <laughs> oh, so wait, yours is Monday. Mine is Tuesday, so I could. Oh, oh. great. Yeah. All right, see yeah. you soon. See you this yeah. week. Ours is the same. Ours is on Monday. Is, our off day is on Monday as well. So Yeah. You have both. Okay. I don't have that choice. I can't do it. But you enjoy that. I, enjoy I, will, that. I will. And I'll you sleep think... in the audience, but at least I'm there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. There, there you go. go. I, don't think, I don't think you will. I don't think you'll sleep during this. Um, it's so <laughs> insane. And I want to ask you, I feel like off-Broadway, Little Shop, for example, started as an off-Broadway show before it made a long, long time before it, it went to Broadway. Um, and some of these big shows now that, that leave Broadway and come back to off-Broadway, Jersey Boys, Avenue Q, that sort of thing. Um, is there, how is off-Broadway more of a playground for artists? Um, is there a little bit of credibility that you find in Off-Broadway because of things you're able to do without the crazy commercial expectations of, of a Broadway show coming up? Um, is, there some, is there something to that? Is there more room to play? 1,000 million percent, I would say. You know what I actually love about Off-Broadway is that because there's, because there's a, a, a lack of a commercial, commercial viable millions and millions of dollars poured in, you have to leave a lot of stuff to the imagination. And that's where I think the magic of theater comes in. When you start adding more millions and millions of dollars, it's like, it takes it away. It becomes like this Disney, this Disney ride. And it looks beautiful mm. and pretty, but like sometimes I feel like the magic goes away. Where when it's left to the imagination and it's like, the, it's like everything's like the Fantastics off Broadway, you, you really just have to sit there and you have to be a true theater goer and just really use your imagination. I think that that's the most magical. And so I, I would say, you know, for, for Titanic, I always say that no matter how big this gets, quote unquote, I still want it to feel very small. I still want there to be almost a lack of budget because I feel like that's where, mm. that's where we fly and that's where we sing. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I think it's safe I to like say- What I like about, um, sorry, go. Well, I was gonna say to Aaron, I feel like Little Shop of Horrors would have never been able to open on Broadway. It's so wacky, it's so bizarre, it's so down and kind of dirty and, and so silly that it that I feel yeah, like it is definitely meant for off Broadway. Uh, mm. and, and and it even tried to go to I mean not tried, it went to Broadway and you know it, it did its thing, but I think they even quickly realized I they you lose a part of the show of, of its original um, Core, energy, I guess. Yeah. Energy. Um, and so it ended up coming back, you know, to Off-Broadway, and it's kind of basically going to stay Off-Broadway. You know, um, as far as I know, they're not looking to move it anywhere else uh, because they understand the kind of power it holds in that kind of space. Mm. I love sure. That. And you're, it's had such a successful Off-Broadway run, though, 
like it's 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 outlasted many many broadway shows despite a pandemic as well i mean i think it's one of the most successful off-broadway models of a show in a very long time truly we're doing really well um and and i mean the show speaks for itself it's it's something that people fell in love with whether it was the movie or the musical um and and we luckily have (laughs) i mean the way we navigated through you know the second wave of covid I mean, I can only give that up to our like COVID management, um, but we just have been able to keep going and still bring the same kind of energy to the show. People just happen to love it because I even love doing it. You know what I'm saying? And then like, <laughs> if I love doing it, then I, I'd like to think that other people would love coming to see it. And we're still going and we're still doing, you know, the same things that we were doing when we first opened. Well, when I opened, reopened with them, but I don't, I don't, I have no idea why other than the really hardworking cast, crew, and just the fans of the show and movie that are just coming by to see it. Yeah. And the Tiny Desk didn't hurt at all. That was great. That was oh, right. You guys did the NPR Tiny Desk concert. The NPR Tiny so Desk cool. concert. Well, thank you. We was, I was, that. I will gush over that any day. I can't yeah. believe Tiny Desk. Like, what? Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is kind of this phenomenon Callum, that you're experiencing, like I mentioned with the Jersey Boys and the Avenue Qs and now Kinky Boots, transferring from Broadway and coming to off-Broadway. Um, it feels like it's it's an, an homage paid to shows that are just too good to die, that need to be in New Truly. York City, that need, that need to be seen and, and can be a little bit more accessible for an audience who don't have $9 million. I think because million. with Kinky, the... It's completely accessible as well. I, I, I think with Kinky Boots, what, what it, where it's different to other shows is it's kind of, and I hate to say this because I don't want it to sound or to scare people away, but it is kind of educational in a way. The amount of people I have, friends that I have in Australia and the UK that are grown men and women that all kind of used Kinky Boots as a, like a coming out tool, like a, mm. a way to be themselves and to show members of their family that it was fine to be that. And I think the reason why I hope it's going to be successful here and it was successful everywhere else is because of that, because of that message that I keep drilling in that, that is there and I, it relates and it's still very much needed. And I, I think if it's more accessible off-Broadway with prices, more people will see it and more people will come back to see it. And if that keeps happening, then... And I think that's why I've stuck with it for so long because it, it's just nice. Yeah. It's just also, nice. It's just British. nice. We're gonna put we're gonna put that on a t-shirt. Just Callum. It's just Kinky nice. Boots. It's just I nice. want that on my grave. <laughs> on my grave too. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get the cup and the fanny pack. Kinky Boots. It's, it's just nice. nice. It's just nice. And I tell you, I this I'm not to make this about me, but I was obsessed with Les Miz as a kid and I finally my family went to see it in, on a tour and my we got my my dumb dad to come along, right? And he saw the show, which meant more to me than anything in the world. And after the show, that's what he said. I was like, so dad, did you like it? And he said, it was nice. I could have killed him. <laughs> I could have, it's nice. How dare Great you, fun. sir? <laughs> it's all right, I'm in, I'm in therapy and have a podcast. Um, we see a trend <laughs> as well of more and more really big name Hollywood stars that come to, Jim Parsons is coming off Broadway this season. and. Um, going kind of back to this idea of where kind of some real gritty work is able to happen that doesn't necessarily need to have a time dragon clock on it. Um, 
is there legitimacy to playing in that space as an as an artist? Do you do you feel like you're really doing the work when you're when you're when you're playing an off Broadway situation? Does that one? Does that I even make really sense? Talk to that. Yeah, totally. I, it's I so funny when you're like because we haven't tried yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Soon, when I think pet. of my Soon. show, when I think of yeah. Titanic and quote unquote doing the work, it seems yeah. like the antithesis because it's so campy. <laughs> um, but it does feel uh, it, it. It feels so cool. It feels so theatrical. I mean, I feel uh, I feel like a child saying that, but uh, it it feels almost even cooler than doing Broadway, doing something off Broadway, because- That's what because I'm saying, it, yeah. It feels so highly theatrical because it's like not a, not a huge bubble know about off Broadway. So it feels like the real theater people are coming to see it. And it makes, I don't know, it makes me feel like it's that much more elite mm-hmm. in a way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right, and it's, you know, when, yeah. you, when I have people come to New York, I will say that to them. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go see the Wicked's. Go see the Phantoms. Go, go see the things. But what you really need to do is get yourself a ticket to an off-Broadway show, where you can see something that you have never seen before. That's going to change, perhaps, change your idea of what theater can be, and what legitimate high-end theater can be. I mean, the fact that we're doing theater in New York City at all is more than any five-year-old version of us could have <sighs> hoped for. I think. Um, but I think there is that legitimacy. Totally, because you, you never know if you're going to be seeing the next Hamilton. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, I, I feel like that you have these opportunities to see something that's up and coming, that is so incredible with an original cast that has so much energy around it. And it just feels so, so exciting. And that's what I love about Off-Broadway. And it feels like you're part of the, it feels like for an audience that you're part of the process. Like if you, if you do see the next Hamilton and you, and you see how it then evolves when it goes to Broadway, it feels like you've got a secret of what it used to be. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's almost like a badge of honor that you even wear when you're going through life. You're like, oh, I saw it, you know, when it was off Broadway. I followed it to when it's Broadway. You guys don't know anything. I'm actually the. It's really great like, to judge people. I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Broadway. Right. <laughs> oh, you can be so smug about it. Absolutely. Oh, but you know, well, actually, they kind of dumbed it down on Broadway. But I saw it. <laughs> right. I saw it in Aunt Eleanor's basement on the Lower East Side when it was really something. <laughs> <laughs> favorite it's such club a badge. yeah um so getting into into your shows um aaron i'll start with you what do you okay. what does this what does the character mean to you once again so iconic and what do you love about this character and playing this character um i have this is my first time playing a villain um mm-hmm. so i think that's really interesting uh in my nature that it, that's just the complete opposite of just who i am so I thought it was kind of funny to be able to like get into that space. And it's a villain that people know about <clears throat> already. So my, wow, I'm getting old. One second. I'm gonna He's be getting verklempt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> get it up, get it up. We all, we all feel it. Okay, I think we're back. There we go. Um, <laughs> so that was gross, y'all. Um, damn it, I lost my space. I think I was talking about like okay, I'm paying this the character, yeah. Okay, great. The villain. Um, and it's it's just a lot of fun. I get to have fun. My my goal is literally to try to sympathize with someone who wants to be super controlling and just wants nothing but to take over the world and eat 
you know, their body weight and, and, and human flesh. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's so sci-fi and so nerdy when you look at it from that aspect, which I also enjoy. And then, I don't know, I just like being the bad the bad guy or the bad girl, however you want to look at yes. her. Too, because she's non-binary. You know? Oh, okay. Andre, too. She a, she a plant. What? Who said that? I uh-huh. think I might have said it. I might have said it. Um, I love that. Can you can you just I'm give playing us a villain? Your... I am jealous about that. That is like yeah, I, that's totally. one of my things. I would love to be a villain, and I love to throw in like growls and like uh, play with emotions with the thing because you don't actually, of course, you don't see me on stage. So I know there's been productions where Audrey Two is you know um, in physical form as whoever is playing them at the time they're on stage and they're doing their thing, um, and we have a, a an entire puppet um, instead. And I like just it's a puppet. Them. I get to put all the emotion. It's a puppet. It's a puppet. Um, I like voice acting and like throwing in, you know, the little sly and sometimes sensual and sometimes aggressive. And, you know, it just can go in either way just to make sure that Audrey, get, Audrey 2 gets, you know, what they want. So, um, Do your cast members get excited yeah. about that yeah, when you throw in a little extra vocal something and they go, all right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we like to do that, you know, every once in a while. Maybe we're, we were feeling the spirit. And mm-hmm. then uh, I'm a huge fan of going down to intermission and tapping their throat and saying, if you love your voice, you won't do that again because you almost knocked me off. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we love to do that. We absolutely do. Which brings me to Marla, because I, I have a I have a theory and I, I'm really glad to talk to you because you can, you can you can set this record straight in my mind. Um, I think it has something to do with Lucy the Iguana or... Uh, oh my see. god who was it who was it the night that i was there um there is a part for, for in titanic that i am fairly certain but i may be wrong is a complete improvisational moment for you marla is that true that no? is a true no that's true okay. your conspiracy theory was 100 percent correct and i actually say <laughs> to the audience every single night i'm going to improv this next part okay and yeah. still everyone comes up to me and they're like is that actually improv yeah. and it truly is. And the reason why is because one of the things that um, one of the things that I disliked about Broadway, a hot take, here I am throwing opinions. You have to do the same exact thing every single night. You're almost like a cog in a wheel. And so after doing it for eight years, I was like, you know what? I want to be a writer. I need to change the pace. And if I ever come back to do theater again, it has to be different for me every single night. I got to keep myself and everyone else on their toes. So it turned out, it was a joke at first. They were like, Marla, just improv something. And then it became a whole part of the show. And now it is different <laughs> every single night. Well, but beyond that being a playground for you, the, your, your fellow actors are having to play act the story that you're telling as you go. Is that right? That's right. And my goal, I know your goal, Aaron, is to throw a couple growls in. My goal is to embarrass the hell and troll <laughs> and troll my fellow cast members and sometimes even troll myself. But I love I love making them squirm. I make them dance. I made um, Alex Ellis, who plays Rose, I made her crawl on her hands and knees and sing the chorus of Justin Bieber's Sorry last night. Oh I mean, like, it just goes, it goes out of I control. I really have to spend a day off. Day you you, you do. I mean, like, it's a gay I'm Fantasia. It, it truly, oh. truly is. It's oh. so much, it's so much fun. 
Truly. Marla, that we is... Have a plan. Now these, that is when I saw the show. I saw it on Pride Sunday. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. So did your gay head explode? Because... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Between, <laughs> great, great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you get Just to play at all? Just tell me you're not all? doing two shows on Wednesday, two shows on Saturday. Say it again. I said, just tell me you're not, is it two shows Wednesday, two shows Saturday? No, we have two shows Saturday, two shows Sunday, no show Wednesday. We don't have a typical schedule. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You guys, we're going to, we're gonna, this threesome, I feel that like it's really happening. Yeah. Yeah. Happen. If anything, yeah. it's just going to get better. Yeah, it's going to get better and better. It's going to be nice. It's going to be really nice. It's going to be really nice. Kinky Boots and our threesome. You know what? It's Things that have been nice. nice. Things have yeah. been real nice. This clam bake, <laughs> kinky boots, and the forthcoming threesome. Oh, yes. Um, Callum, do you have any freedom? You've had this. You've had this character as a part of you for so long. Are there ways that you have kind of expanded your Lola? Or, or look, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes. And if Jerry Mitchell and DB Bonds are listening, they would say no. Got um, it. That's director and associate. There's, there's certain scenes that I have learned over time that if they are the same, they don't land as well. Um, hmm. There is one in the boxing scene with Lola and Don where I have to do some form of dance element as I'm singing to him. It's very, very much like a battle. Think Destiny's Child, lose, your, lose my breath. It's very much that. And whatever I give, he has to do. So I love mixing that up because it just makes me it brings joy to me. I'm like, I, we give them enough joy. I want some. Um, and then there's another scene in front of the factory where I meet Nicola for the first time. And I've kind of been loosely told I can do what I want. But then uh, one day in Australia, I crawled off stage and that was very much a no. So I know that I can do anything but crawl. Great. Hey, got a really uh, good reaction. I well, that's crawl the in thing. Titanic, though, so we're doing yeah. Well. Yeah, Callum. How... Yeah, I, I have a part for you in Titanic. <laughs> where you can crawl every single night. <laughs> Anytime you want. So yeah, um, I kind of have it, and I'm kind of precious about her now. I've done it so many times that she's there's certain elements that I do that Billy never did or Wayne never did, and and like she's mine. So yeah, I, I think they've they've allowed me over time to be a little bit experimental, keep it keep it in, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very excited to to be able to come back and and see the show. I want to just um, ask you, I want to I switch and, and talk about you as people for a hot second, because um, I always find this really fun and interesting. Where where did the theater bug bite y'all? Where are y'all from? How did how did we start this journey? I feel I'll like go first. I grew up yeah, in Orem, Utah, and I used to sing Javert's Suicide on the High Dive before jumping in at the local pool. So if that gives you any indication of who we're dealing with here. <laughs> Um, oh my god! I, I did Whoa. a lot of community theater starting at nine years old. I was t in Utah, so you know the scars are real. But <laughs> wow, Aaron, are you kind of mentioned? I'm... Were you not a big theater person in your childhood? No, no I, to... I did football and I did wrestling and I was a drummer. So I, I think when this I hit taking college, a turn. yeah, this is <laughs> so mask. I mean, it just is. It just is what it is. It's so mask. So mask. Yeah, so mask. So mask for mask. Mask for mask, apparently. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> when I was in college, I did community theater, uh, a community theater production of A Christmas Carol, because I think my senior year, I only had a, a few classes, so I tried to fill up some time. 
and then did A Christmas Carol. And then somehow uh, the director uh, for Rent, I actually did Rent right after that in the same community theater. Um, and that's really where it bit me. And then I flew to New York for a PR marketing job that, that oh, didn't wow. go so well. And then I auditioned for Rent. And I brought no book, no headshot, no resume. Wow. And looking back, I'm mortified. Uh, that anybody <laughs> would ever take a chance on me because I, I know how I would react if anybody showed up unprepared like that. But they, they did. They took a chance on me and I sang and I asked to sing a cappella in the audition room and I sang Ray Lamontagne Trouble. Ooh. And hmm. that's just, that's where it started. I do regret sometimes not knowing a lot about theater, um, especially when people are having conversations and I have no idea what the hell or who the hell they're talking about. Um, like this, and yet you did so well in the game. Listen, I will see. Yeah. These are all these are all shows that either I've done, that are new, and you saw True. the ones that I didn't get, which was the Sunday in the Park with George, and you know what I mean. So I'm a part of this new wave and learning about these new wave uh, uh, shows, and still trying to backtrack and like learn the ones from before that I should know. So. Well, it's interesting to, to when you land and realize, oh yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. I think that you're not. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it here. I, I'm not going anywhere. So <laughs> it looks really nice. Happens, it's really nice you know here. What I mean? yeah, Marla, how about you? So nice. nice. So nice. Oh gosh, so nice. I um I came out of the womb. My mom listened to show tunes when I was in her belly. My father is a musical theater composer. I grew up, oh. I mean, you want to talk about obscure musical theater. I grew up listening to Irma La Douce, Zorba, like crazy musicals that will never, ever be revived. And so I was like, I'm going to do musical theater for the rest of my life. Went to musical <laughs> theater conservatory. I was like, this is it. My dreams are coming true. And then, you know, auditioned and then did, I, I did shows I did Broadway shows for an eight-year span, um, and then I had a quarter-life crisis, and I was like, I actually, this is great, but I'm desperate to be a writer. I can't do musical theater anymore. It's making me too crazy. <laughs> so I, at 30, I packed up my bags. I moved to L.A., and I was a struggling writer for eight years, and while I was in Los Angeles and I was pitching television shows and writing for TV and movies, I... Um, was I, I didn't really like that either. And so I was doing trashy dinner theater in Los Angeles and Constantine Rosilli was like, we should do Titanic with all Celine Dion songs and you'll be Celine Dion. And I was like, w people in LA can't even meet for lunch, let alone write a musical. Are you freaking out of your mind? This is never, ever going to happen. And then, um, yeah, a few years later, here we are. So I am so proud coming back to New York, not, not being an actor, but this is my baby as a writer. And this yeah. is my first success as a writer. And that, to me, is the most thrilling part of this. I, I could care less about the acting. The writing is what, is what thrills me. That's well, that, so it is the, the acting, it's, it's high art acting. Um, but oh, yeah. us, as a writer, and this is your baby, what's been, how long, how many years are we talking to get to this point in the development of Titanic? Because uh, I know I saw it, a concert uh, version a few years back. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's been five years, and, but I will say that two of those years have been the pandemic. So this was slated to go off-Broadway in, in 2020, 
And then the pandemic hit and we were like, oh, this will just be a couple months, right? LOL, turned into two friggin' years. So I thought, I was like, there's no way that this is going to happen. And then there's no way that we're going to come back after a pandemic and people are going to want to see this because the world has changed. Everything is so sensitive. This is a parody of not only the film Titanic, but also of the event. So I was like, oh, this is just never going to happen. So when I tell you that this has been the most surreal, humbling, most amazing moment of my life, I, I, I mean, and I'm a jaded bitch. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> but but this is this has truly been the most incredible moment of my life, and I'm just having I'm having an absolute ball and a blast. I love that. You can hear it. You can hear it. We can see it. It's so Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and I'm just always impressed with people who say, "I don't see it. I'm going to make it." Um, yeah. And and who carve out their own path, especially in theater, where we all, so often are t trained to stand on eight and point on one and sing this note. Yep. Um, I think it's very, very cool. Really yeah. commendable. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Callum, talk to us about about what a young a young budding oh, star okay. life is like outside I, of the US of A. I um I was quite a late bloomer. I watched Miss Saigon on a UK tour at like um sixteen, I think. And hadn't I'd gone to tap classes as a child and cried and left. Um never done it ever again wasn't really very sporty either <laughs> i don't know what i did before like 16 like minus i'd um i then saw miss saigon saw a, a person of color playing john and was like "Ooh, i could do this loved it because they landed a helicopter for god's sake and then within a year i'd auditioned for several stage schools in london and moved and from that point everything like you said once you're here you're here to stay and it was very much that i trained for three years i then worked on the west end for eight i think and then i my final west end one was kinky boots and i got the chance to go to australia i moved there met my now fiance decided to stay as a base um and then yeah the chance came up to come to Broadway with Kinky Boots, which was like, lol. I never in a million years thought little Brown Callum could do that, but here we are. And then I did that and loved it. And now I'm lucky enough that I, I am a resident of the, of Australia. I'm a citizen of the UK and I'm a resident of America. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I get the pick of them all. You really, yes. and that means you get to get out when you need to. Uh, it literally, I can, it's been hellish, don't get me wrong. I never want to see any form of visa ever again. Um, sure. But it's but it's fine. It's worth it. It's worth it. And now I'm back here and I love New York. I love how I love how New York is fine to try new things even when they're crap. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're just they're willing to still give them a go. And I'm like, I'm here for it. That's what I want yeah. to do. Uh, looking to the future, what uh, what are some projects that you would love to be involved in or potentially create? Are there people you want to work Ooh. with? I think what it's that. Your... I think it's create. I think the reason I'm here is I'm in a stage in my career where I'm getting a bit itchy, and okay. I love doing things. I love trying out like new shows, but I want I want to create something. And they're also doing Hercules here, and I'll fight fight to the death to, <laughs> to do Hercules. I love. It's my favorite. Hell yeah. Oh, so gosh. I think something new, something We're manifesting. Creative. Put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not quite in that. Like, I, I'm still okay with you know doing others' works. I'm still okay with that right now. I, you know, I, I'm just getting here. But I'm looking at like Anne Juliet's over on the West End that's coming mm -hmm. over here now, and like I yes. want to do that. 
it's old yeah. pop music. It's fun. It's it's stuff that just throws it's me back. It's such a good night out. Oh my gosh! And I want to do Javert on uh, oh, yeah. Les Mis and come and, on and her, uh, Hamilton and work with Lynn. like I just am trying just to dive in and and get in where I can just to eat it all up. That's all I want. And then eventually, you know, maybe I'll get the creator bug or creative bug. Uh, but now I'm just like. Hey, Marla, what's your next show? Let me, <laughs> let me tell me about it. Or, Colin, what do you write? You know, write me I, 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 that's where I yeah. will be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think there's something really that's remarkably so said about being able to sit in the present moment and appreciate the gift that it is as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when you yeah. can say, yeah, I am doing a job I love. I am happy with this. You know, yeah, I think that's absolutely. I think that's an important thing to do as well, because we all know that nothing can take the joy out of, yeah. you know, anything that you love like having to earn a paycheck for it you know absolutely um, <laughs> what about totally. you marla is there are there other what's coming down the pike do you know what's so sad is that i i know that there are going to be other things but i feel like this is the pinnacle of my life right now and i feel like nothing <laughs> i ever do will top this <laughs> which is like so fun but also like depressing um here here's what i will say if i could continue to be like Mm, poor man's Lin-Manuel Miranda that gets to write <laughs> funny things that I can star in that I mean that's the that's the ultimate dream I, w- I would love to be considered a librettist somewhere down the line I would love to continue to be a writer and if I have the opportunity to um, be in the things that I'm writing that that is the absolute goal so I don't I don't have any I, I mean I want to work with everyone I want to do everything I mean that sounds yeah. so lame but it's true <laughs> yeah. it's true I wanna, though it's so true I want to feast I want a bean feast for God's sake yeah <laughs> um well I'm you know this sort of work begets work always too so I can only imagine as as this run continues how many people will be knocking on your door being like okay yeah Let's, let's that's get so this that's so kind of you because it's, honestly here's another hot take no one's banging down my door quite yet but <laughs> there's still two months because you're busy because my thing right. is that you things can't fall into place when there's not room for them to do so you're busy at the minute and enjoying it so then Thank afterwards you. it'll be like boom i'm gonna bang, use bang, that bang. no auditions let yet it's because i'm busy, busy. <laughs> just too, too sure. busy yeah i'll use that <laughs> Thank and you. you know what busy is it's nice it's, it's, nice. So nice. it's so nice. It's so nice. It's so nice. Um, I think all of you are nice. I want everybody who's listening to this episode uh, to next time you're in New York City, go get a ticket to an off-Broadway show. Go see Little Shop of Horrors. Go see Kinky Boots. Go see Titanic um, and be forever changed. Uh, and I just have enjoyed this so much. Thank you all so much for being here with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Chatting. This was so and, fun. Uh, Thank you so I much. So you. excited to get a full report on how the threesome goes. Um, we'll see. So. We'll see. We'll see if we want to share. Yeah, you know, maybe we don't. I, and that's I'll be waiting on pins and needles. We're gonna write in <laughs> a show about it, an off-Broadway show. Oh about my God! Pizza. There we go. Yeah. Wow. Creating full pleasure, creating creativity. All mm-hmm. here for it. As all long as I can be a silent, non uh, non-fiscal producer, then yes. I'm in. <laughs> yes. That means I don't do yes. anything. You're the facilitator, uh, like, of course. I feel like course. there's a Garth Rabinsky joke in there somewhere. Is there? Maybe. Um, mm, do not work. Uh, do, yeah, that's a joke. Um, do not all right, work with Garth guys... or Ben Cameron. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> don't even say it. Um, thank you guys so much. Thanks for spending your time with us. I've had a blast. We'll see thank you guys you. soon. Thank, thank you thank so you. much. Love you. Thank you, guys. I'll be following you all on Instagram, so you look for me. Yes. Yeah. 
They say the neon lights are bright off Broadway. And they are. I want to say thank you to Callum, Marla, and Aaron um, who are doing the good work. Make sure you get your butt into an, into an off-Broadway show. When you come to New York next time, some of the most thrilling theater is happening just steps off the Great White Way. Hey, make sure that you subscribe to the show so you never miss a single episode that we are bringing to you. Rate us, review us, especially if you like us. Also, follow us on social media at The Broadway Cast. You can follow me personally at Ben Does Broadway. I've been known to follow back. You just have to wait and see. Also, if you want to support us uh, even further, we'd love it if you joined our Patreon family. You can do that by clicking the link in the liner notes. When you support us on Patreon, you get your hands on exclusive behind-the-scenes content, bonus episodes, and a lot more available only to our very special Patreon family. So we hope that you'll do that. All right, my friends, we will talk to you next time. I'm your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, saying have a great show. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.